Hi, and welcome to Better Than New, the podcast to help you find a cool used car, truck, or SUV at a price you'll love. I'm your host, Gary Crenshaw, and today I want to help you keep your current car on the road by telling you about 10 funky must-have tools that I own and I think you should own too. These are tools I've found over time that I just can't live without. Some of these are what I call get-out-of-jail-free tools because they save me when I'm trapped doing a repair project, and others, they, they won't seem like a tool at all, but they make doing projects in your car much, much easier. Now, most of these are not expensive. In fact, some are incredibly cheap, like under five bucks cheap, which is perfect in these post-pandemic, high-inflation, everything's-way-too-expensive times. And if you're doing some of your own automotive maintenance, part of the reason you do that is to save money, right? So what are these funky tools you should own? Well, I'll tell you about them in just a minute, along with a few bonus items that I think might come in handy. So hop in, buckle up, and let's go for a drive. Okay, so here you are looking to save some money doing some of your own automotive maintenance on your vehicle. Hey, it's a solid option. It's a good idea. As long as you have the tools to do the work. And when it comes to tools, I'm assuming you at least have some basic tools, like a good socket and ratchet set. You'd have metric sockets for import cars. That's like 10 millimeter, 11 millimeter, 12 millimeter. And for American brands like Chevy, Ford, Dodge, you would have inch increments, three eighths, quarter inch, half inch. You should also have a set of matching wrenches, preferably an open end on one side and enclosed or box end on the other in, again, common sizes. You also want to have a variety of screwdrivers in flat blade and Phillips head configurations, different lengths, plus some pliers, various sizes, including maybe some locking pliers. So if you have these minimal tools, you should be able to do many beginning and intermediate projects on your car. You know, things like oil changes, a coolant flush, maybe swapping out a radiator or changing brake pads, things like that. Even if you haven't done them before, if you have those tools, you should be able to do the job. But the tools I'm going to mention today go beyond that, and they're not always obvious. Until you're stuck, or you've done a few projects and said, man, I wish I had X tool to help me do that project quicker, easier, etc. So, let's dive into my 10 funky must-have tools. I'm going to put links to these tools in the show notes, so if you're interested in checking them out in more depth, or you might actually want to buy some of these tools, you can go online, check out the link, and, and buy them. No, these are not affiliate links. I'm not telling you which tool to buy. So if you can find a better version, or at least you think it's better, or it's cheaper, great, do it. I'm not married to these particular tools that I'm going to link to, but I'm giving you an opportunity to know what I'm talking about because, you know, it's a podcast. I can't show you, but you can go check them out in the show notes and dig a little bit deeper. So the first tool is a height adjustable pneumatic roller seat. Now, is this really a tool? Uh, I don't know. But once I got this seat, car projects became infinitely easier. And I became infinitely lazier. Now, not in a bad way. It's just that now when I'm doing a repair project on one of my cars, sometimes I don't even get up. I just scoot around the garage on my silly little chair, kind of like Eddie Murphy at the beginning of Trading Places. He kind of scooching from one side of the car to the other. My tools are in an easy access tray at the bottom. And I simply lift a lever to move the seat higher or lower to reach whatever I'm working on. And I don't have to wake up the next day and ask, did I work out yesterday? That's because I'm not in pain from squatting or kneeling for several hours. I mean, who wants to do that? 
Now, I know it may look odd not getting up as you work on your car, and occasionally my wife comes out in the garage and says, you look like an idiot sitting on that thing. But then I stand up and ask, do I still look like an idiot? And when she says, yes, I know it's not the chair. So whether you're swapping out wheels, doing brake work, replacing a turn signal bulb, or buffing out the paint down low on the side of your car, having a height-adjustable pneumatic roller seat will make it a lot easier to do those projects. And if you do get one, no matter what anyone else thinks you look like, I'm going to still think you look pretty cool. Okay? Okay. Funky tool number two. Now, when it comes to doing a project, working on a car or truck, one of the things you never seem to have enough of is light. Aziz, light! Do you remember that line from The Fifth Element? You know, The Fifth Element, Lilu Dallas Multipass. It's the opening scene where the professor is trying to read the hieroglyphics on the wall with light from a large reflector held by a little kid named Aziz who keeps falling asleep on the job. And Billy, played by Luke Perry, may he rest in peace. Is supposed to be sketching the room, but instead he's just keeping track of every time Aziz nods off, and the professor yells, Aziz! Light! It's a great scene. I'll link to it in the show notes so you can have your own Aziz Light moment. Anyway, the whole point of this is you need a hands-free light system. Now, I've got a lot of flashlights that have magnets on them, and I also have some large flat panel LEDs that have a little swing-out stand in the back, and I can set them on the ground and kind of point them up towards whatever I'm working on. But the thing is, I always find that you end up with some shadows and you can't quite see things the way you want to see them, and it's just not perfect. So my go-to hands-free light is actually a headlamp, and the one that I use all the time is a Spot 350 from Black Diamond. Now, I don't get paid by Black Diamond, so this isn't like a, you know, a paid gig for me or anything. It's a light that I've had for a while. It's got 350 lumens, and I found the light output on this headlamp to be plenty when I'm working under the hood. Plus, it's easily adjustable to be dimmer or brighter. And while it's not the cheapest light at an online retail price, somewhere around 25 or 30 bucks, it is my current personal favorite headlamp for working on the car, hiking, camping, or really anytime you need a hands-free light source. And I always keep it in the toolkit. Now, there are cheaper headlamps, but over time, I've found this particular one to be durable and dependable. So if you don't already have one, I recommend you check out the Spot 350. Oh, and the bonus... Cruising around in the garage in your height-adjustable roller seat while wearing a pair of safety goggles and a headlamp and screaming, Aziz! Light! Will really complete your impressively dorky ensemble. Trust me on this. I know. From experience. Okay, funky tool number three. A set of trim and upholstery tools. Now, you're probably thinking, what? Why do I need upholstery tools? I'm not working on my upholstery. No, you're probably not, but these tools are made to remove those little plastic pins that are used to attach just about everything on your car. Things like carpet, interior body panels, door panels, those felt trunk liners, plastic panels in the engine compartment, fender liners in the wheel wells, I mean, all kinds of stuff. These pins are literally everywhere in your car, and the easiest way to get them out is to use a trim tool designed specifically to do that job. These are typically flat or slightly bent tools with a little Y-shaped end that can squeeze under the head of the plastic push pin to pop it up and remove it without damage. 
Now, you could use a flat blade screwdriver, but you can also end up scratching nearby painted surfaces or break the plastic pins or even break the surrounding plastic part that you're working on. So, you know, don't be a ding-dong. Just buy a set of plastic trim and upholstery tools and do the job right the first time. Okay, funky tool number four. So, do you like to pick things? You know, things like a banjo, your seat, your nose, a sandwich off a menu... Well, this tool, or tool set, called a pick and hook set, won't help you with any of that. But it is great for getting stuck things unstuck. Here's a great example. About a year ago, I was in the middle of a major maintenance project on my 1994 Mazda Miata. I replaced the timing belt, the water pump, accessory belt, spark plugs, plug wires, all kinds of stuff. And while I was in there, I also flushed the coolant and replaced the radiator and replaced all the original coolant hoses. I think there were like nine of them, and after 27 years, a few were more than a little stubborn when I tried to remove them, especially the small ones under the intake manifold and the heater hoses that are up between the engine and the firewall. Those were really tough to get off. Now, my particular pick and hook set has seven tools. It has three medium-sized picks and hooks with handles and an overall length of about eight inches, and four small picks and hooks with handles, overall length about four to five inches. And each of those sizes has one tool that looks like an ice pick, just kind of a long, straight pick. One that looks like an ice pick with the tip bent 90 degrees sideways. And one with a tip that's bent back maybe, I don't know, 130 degrees to form sort of a hook shape. And these are great for wedging that 90 degree or that hook shape tip down between the edge of a coolant hose and the little spigot or pipe that it's clamped to, right? I put a little silicone on the tip of that pick. And then I can just slowly kind of work it in there. You want to be careful because the picks are sharp, but you can slowly work it in there and just kind of go back and forth until that loosens up and you're able to pull that hose right off. Usually it takes, I don't know, 30 seconds to a minute to loosen up. Even something that's old, like my car was 27 years old when I replaced those hoses and it worked just fine. So I really recommend this. You got to change a coolant hose. This will save you time. Okay, funky tool number five. So on the subject of removing coolant hoses from your car, one thing you have to remember is the factory, when they put these hoses on, they usually put them on with a spring clamp. That's a round device. It's got two little tangs. You push those together and it opens up the spring clamp and then you can pull the hose off. The problem is when your car was assembled at the factory, you know, a lot of times it was easy to get to things because it wasn't completely put together yet. Now that you're removing the hose clamp on a hose that's buried way down behind the motor or back between the engine and the firewall, it's hard to get to those. You might be able to see it with that handy headlamp we talked about earlier, but you can't reach it. You can't get there. I can see it, but I can't get to it with your hand or with a typical pair of pliers. You just don't have the space. So what do you do? There's a thing called hose clamp pliers, and it doesn't really describe what it looks like. It has a handle just like a pair of pliers, but coming off the top of it is a cable that goes out about 24 inches, and at the end of that is a little device that opens the spring clamp that you'll find on many coolant hoses. So you can use this device. You can actually kind of snake it into a place that you can't really reach with your hand. You can move the cable around a little bit until it just drops onto the spring clamp. Then you pull the handle. The handle locks in place, and it'll open that spring clamp, and you can then pull the hose off. It's an ingenious device, and I'm telling you, it allows you to be over here and work over there. So these cable-actuated hose clamp pliers can save you a lot of time and hassle when you're changing a coolant hose that's out of reach. 
So pick up a set before your next coolant hose swap and be sure to buy online. It's a lot cheaper than buying a pair the same day from the local auto parts store. Ask me how I know. Okay, funky tool number six. So if you've got hot dog fingers like Jamie Lee Curtis and Michelle Yeoh in everything, everywhere, all at once, or you're just a klutz like me missing his thumb, you're going to need this next tool to pick up all the little metal bolts and nuts that you drop down into the engine. I do this all the time. So I recommend getting one of those extendable magnets. You got to have one of those. It's a garage magnet. It looks like an old radio antenna. Extends out like 30 inches. And I can reach down and pick up a bolt or a nut that I've dropped down the motor. Just kind of snake it around a little bit. And all of a sudden, dink, the magnet picks it up. And I'm back in business. You're also going to want this second one, too. This is called a 24-inch 2-in-1 pickup tool. So it has a little thumb plunger that you push on, and the other end, sort of a cable that runs through a tightly wound spring. Anyways, you push on it, little tangs come out of the end of it, and they spread apart. Then you can put those over whatever you want to pick up, and then you just release your thumb pressure. The tangs come back together, and they grab whatever you're trying to pick up. If you drop something like a wooden pencil, or if you dropped your rag, right? It's your favorite rag. You want to pick it up. You can just put this thing down onto the rag, kind of push into a little bit, let the tang go with your thumb, and it'll pick it up. This one also has a magnet on the end of it, too, so it kind of does double. But really, you got to have these things if you're going to be working under the hood, because you're going to drop something. And when you do, and you don't have this, it's going to be a really bad day. Okay, Next up, funky tool number seven. So with this next tool, you can tell your friends, I'm not a doctor, but I play one in my garage. That's because this is a mechanic's stethoscope. Now, this is a tool that helps you make sense of funny noises. Like when my wife says, the car's making a funny noise. And I'm like, honey, I make funny noises. Mostly in the morning, sometimes in the afternoon, definitely at night. Okay, pretty much 24-7. Anyway, no one knows what, quote, making a funny noise, unquote, means without further diagnosis. And that's what the mechanic stethoscope helps you do on your car. This tool has earpieces like a doctor's stethoscope, but instead of a flat metal disc that you place against your chest cavity and listen to your heart, this instead has like a long sort of metal probe that you can press against an engine part while the car's running and you use it to listen for some sort of problem sound, like scraping or it's louder than it should be. Now, I got to give a shout out to my ding dong friends out there by saying, yo, if you think you could stick the probe on this thing down into a running engine, kind of carelessly just poking it into a spinning fan blade or an alternator belt, I say stop, put the stethoscope down and back away. Do not use this tool if you are not competent enough to use this tool. How will you know if you're competent? Well, if you have to think about that question for any length of time, this tool isn't for you, okay? It's just not for you. All right, so now that we got the safety thing out of the way, for the rest of you, this is great for listening to things like your AC compressor, alternator, water pump. This is if you have access to the front of the motor. You might not have room because it's tightly packed in some engine compartments. There's just not enough space. But if you do, you can put this up against the engine where the water pump is and listen to hear if there's like a scraping sound or something as it rotates. You can also use it on a power steering pump, all kinds of stuff like that. It's a great tool that can help you narrow down and identify problem parts while your engine is running. 
And if you want to claim to be a doctor, fine, go ahead. You can do it, but just in your garage. Now it's time for funky tool number eight. So this is called a crow's foot extension or crow's feet extensions. Basically what these are, imagine the end of an open end wrench and it's just the end of it. Doesn't have the handle, but there is a little extension that's got a little square hole and you can put a half inch drive or a three eighths inch drive into the end of that. This would be like a, a ratchet, right? So you can snap a ratchet onto that thing. So you have like a wrench ratchet piece. It's really handy for getting into tight spaces. So if you're working between the firewall and the engine and you've got a couple of inches of space and you can't quite get your torque wrench down into a nut or a bolt that you have to torque to a specific torque amount, this thing can help you do that. And I had that exact problem. I was working on a Mini Cooper and it being a Mini, there's not a lot of space. I had to get down into a space where I could reach, there were three bolts holding on a, I think it was the thermostat. It wasn't a lot of torque, but I wanted to make sure that it was accurate. So I had to use the crow's foot extension to get down into that space to tighten it properly using my 3 8 inch drive torque wrench. That said, if you've got a bolt or a nut you need to torque and tighten in a real tiny space, you're working in a very thin area, this can give you that little bit of extra room to reach it effectively so you can tighten it properly. Moving on to funky tool number nine. So this next tool totally sucks. And I mean that literally because it's actually designed to suck and blow. Wow, I don't think I'm really selling this well, am I? Seriously, this thing is great. It's called an extraction pump or an extraction and fill pump. And basically it looks like a really large syringe because that's pretty much what it is. This thing is perfect for removing stuff like brake fluid from a master cylinder or power steering fluid from an overfilled reservoir, you know, things like that. Now, I used mine recently to suck the oil out of the shift turret on my Miata. It's about 90 cc's of oil in the turret. This is where the shift lever is attached to the transmission. There's no easy way to drain it, so sucking it out and replacing it with new oil is the solution. And the only way to get all the oil out is with a fluid extractor like this one with its 8-inch long quick connect extraction hose. Perfect for getting all the oil out of a small space like a Miata shift turret. Now there are many fluid extractors on the market, but you want to get one with a double gasket piston. These have the strongest vacuum pressure and they won't leak. Also, this particular model from CTA has replaceable gaskets in two different versions, depending on the type of fluid you're extracting or adding. One gasket is for corrosive fluids, such as brake fluid and antifreeze, and the other is specifically for non-corrosive fluid, like engine oil, gear oil, automatic transmission fluid, and power steering fluid. So be sure to use the appropriate gasket set for the fluid you need to extract. Now, there are other home-based items you can use in lieu of this tool because it's not always available at the local auto parts store. I mean, I would recommend ordering this in advance online. But the home remedy tools do come with some risk. And the first one is the baby booger sucker. Now, that's not what it's called, but I don't know what else to call it because that's what it does. It's this little rubber bulb about two inches in diameter with a short pointed tip. And if you have a baby and your baby has a runny nose from a cold, you can squeeze the bulb, put the tip into the baby's nostril, and let the suction draw the boogers out. With that nasty, bubbling, sucking sound. It's gross, right? But if you were Anthony Hopkins, you could enjoy that with some 
fava beans and a nice Chianti. <laughs> I can't believe I did that. Anyway, so the other home suction tool is a turkey baster. And if you use one to extract automotive fluids, don't say, I didn't warn you. So it was maybe like 10 years ago, Thanksgiving morning, and my wife is rummaging through a drawer when she asks, Hey, has anyone seen the turkey baster? I immediately got very quiet and said, uh, No, I don't think so. And my youngest son blurts out, Hey, Mom, I think it's in the garage. Dad showed me how he uses it to remove brake fluid from the master cylinder on his car. It's really cool. Well, <laughs> if looks could kill, all the skin and meat would have been instantly burned away from my skeleton. Now, fortunately, looks can't do that. So after finding a store that was open that had one, followed by a short drive and a long apology, Thanksgiving was saved. And all I have to say is that it was really a good thing that I was there to save it. <laughs> I was lucky to survive that one. So be warned, a baby booger sucker or a turkey baster may not work for you. I recommend using an extraction pump instead. Okay? Okay, and here we are at the final tool, funky tool number 10. So the name of this thing is a spill-free funnel, but that doesn't really explain why you need one of these funnels, so I'll give it a shot. You need one of these anytime you drain and fill your car's coolant because it allows you to add coolant without spilling. Duh, that's what it's called. But more importantly, it allows you to get all the air out of your cooling system so you don't experience heater issues or weird idle problems later. This is especially true for people that have like an older Honda. If you get air in the cooling system on an older Honda, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, your idle will do weird stuff. All kinds of weird things will happen because you've got an air bubble or two that kind of gets stuck as it moves throughout the cooling system. It's not a good thing and you want to get all the bubbles out. But you want to do that on really any car. So in addition to the funnel itself, this kit also includes multiple fittings. So you can attach the funnel to the fill neck on various foreign and domestic vehicles. Then all you do is add coolant until the system is full. You start the car and then fill the funnel up a little bit more, about oh, half to two-thirds full, and then just let the car idle. And over time, what happens is the thermostat will open up. You want to turn the heater knob all the way to high, and then the coolant will circulate throughout the system. And over time, like 15, 20 minutes, as the car idles, the bubbles will actually bubble up and come out that funnel. And when there's no more air bubbling up through the funnel, you're finished. Just use the T-handle seal that comes in the kit, and you just plug that down in, and you can lift the funnel out without spilling coolant. Then you can pour that unused portion back into your coolant container or some other container to dispose of it properly. So, there you have it. Funky, but oftentimes necessary, tool number 10. Now, I promised you I'd go through some must-have bonus items at the end, so let's go through those quickly. So the first up is a cordless impact wrench. Now, this is expensive and a bit of a luxury. I've been using a hydraulic impact wrench for years with my air compressor, and it works well, but the new high-torque cordless impact wrenches are really pretty slick, and they allow you to leave the annoying air hose and compressor behind. Especially, like, if you're out in the middle of nowhere... I was at a Pacific Raceway recently with a friend who was driving in a vintage race with his bug-eyed Sprite race car, and having a cordless impact wrench out there to remove a stuck fastener, a bolt, or a nut is imperative. you got to have that. You don't have access to power to run your compressor, so having a cordless impact wrench, definitely thumbs up. you got to do that. 
Now, of course, a cheaper option is to use a socket on a breaker bar, then slide a like a one-inch diameter steel pipe over the end of the breaker bar to make an extra long lever. I have a 36-inch pipe I keep in the garage that I use for that purpose, and when combined with the breaker bar and socket, I can break loose just about any bolt I can reach. And that's the rub, right? Because not every rusty bolt is located in a place where you can get 48 inches of breaker bar and pipe onto it. And that's where a high-torque cordless impact wrench comes in handy. Now, I'll link to a video review in the show notes that might help you decide which one to get if you're looking for one. I think it was from CNET. But no matter what you do, this is going to be an expensive purchase. It's going to be somewhere between $300 and $500, all in with the tool, the batteries, and the charger. But keep in mind, if you're doing a lot of suspension work or you have a lot of rusty fasteners to remove, having a cordless impact wrench is a game changer. So that's bonus item number one. Next up is a quick jack lift. The quick jack lift is great because it allows you to lift all four wheels completely off the ground at the same time. You can do this in your driveway, you can put it in your garage. And while it doesn't really lift that high, usually I think it tops out about 22 inches, 23 inches, something like that. But that's enough to do wheel swaps, brake work, uh, various projects underneath the vehicle. You can replace the exhaust, exhaust parts. You could probably even drop a transmission. There's enough room. Now, being cheap, I searched Craigslist and I managed to find a used one for $700 or about 40% less than a new one at the time. And that was uh, that was before the pandemic. And the one that I bought was like new and had been used for only one major car project before I bought it. But you're, it's hard to find these things on Craigslist or OfferUp or Facebook Marketplace. There's just not a lot of them out there. The one I bought is the Model 7000. And at the time I bought it, new ones were priced around, I think, $1,300, $1,400. Today, they're more like sixteen dollars to $1,800 all in. Again, that's a lot of money. Most people aren't willing to pay it, and I get it. But my motivation was twofold. So the first part of the motivation was I had a project that required one of our cars to be in a raised position and be lifted up and down multiple times over a three to four month period of time where I was working on the car. And throughout the project, the car would be in some state of disassembly. I didn't want to have the hassle of having to readjust the height one corner at a time using a floor jack and jack stands. It wasn't very appealing for this particular project. The second and really more pressing issue was safety. With all the raising and lowering, I really didn't want to have an issue with the car falling off the jack stands and maybe damaging the car, or worse, you know, damaging or killing me if I was working underneath it. So after years of using a floor jack and jack stands exclusively to hold my vehicles in the air for DIY projects, I decided to take the plunge and get a quick jack for the combination of convenience and safety. And after buying it, I'm never going back. Now again, I know sixteen to eighteen hundred for a new lift is a lot of money, but there's one last bit of research I did before buying a quick jack lift, and it was this. I went to the NFDA.org website and I visited the statistics page. Oh, by the way, the NFDA is the National Funeral Directors of America, and right there on the page, you'll see the median price of a funeral with viewing and burial in the U.S. in 2021 was $7,846. Now, it's a little cheaper for those who go the cremation route. Now, I'm not trying to be morbid, but, you know, there is a cost to getting squished by your car if you don't support it properly. 
So I decided to look at the value calculation of buying a hydraulic floor lift a little differently. And after years of working under a car suspended by jack stands, I came to the conclusion that the cost of a quick jack was, for me anyway, more of a bargain than a burden. And whether you feel the same way or not, no matter what you use to lift and suspend your vehicle, please do it safely. You know, if not for you, for the sake of your family, your kids, people who want to keep borrowing tools, you know, there's somebody out there who cares about you, right? Okay, the final bonus item goes with that quick jack or your floor jack and jack stands if you stick with that route. And that item is a low-riding creeper. You know what a low-riding creeper is. You lay on it. It's got wheels on both sides. It allows you to slide underneath your car. Now, sure, you can slide under your car on your back, but the point is you can move around a lot quicker and more efficiently on the creeper, making your projects under the car faster and easier. There is a price to pay for laying on a cold concrete floor for hours on end. You're not going to be comfortable, and it's going to be a bad day the next day. You're going to be sore. Also, if you get a creeper with a tool tray on each side, you can store the tools needed for the job with you as you roll around. It's really convenient. I picked up one from Harbor Freight. I think it's like, I don't know, 30 bucks. Wasn't expensive. So check that one out. I'll link to it in the show notes. But I gotta say, the bonus of having a creeper, beyond just making it easier and more efficient to work under the car, is that I can keep my cell phone in the tray, I can call my wife from under the car, and when she comes out to the garage, I can just kind of hide a little bit. Then all of a sudden I can pop out from under the car like Mrs. Peacock from what has to be the most disturbing episode ever from the X-Files. Did you ever watch the X-Files? Well, if you did, and you saw Season 4, Episode 2, Home, oh my God, that's the most disturbing episode they ever made. Fox aired it once, and then they banned it. People called in, this is terrible. So they never played it again. You can get it on DVD. You can find it online. Uh, But don't watch it. Just take it from me. It's really disturbing, and leave it at that. Okay? (laughs) Yeah, right. I know what you're going to do. You went straight to Google... You, you're going to do it. You're going to go there, you're going to look it up, and you're going to watch it, right? But don't blame me if you find it disturbing, because I've warned you. I have warned you. But in the meantime, get a creeper, act like Mrs. Peacock, you're going to love it. So, I hope this list of 10 funky tools and bonus items has been helpful. Even if just one or two of these tools applies to you, I think you'll find they'll save you time and effort on your next do-it-yourself repair project. And with that, thanks for listening, and be sure to join me next time for another episode. And until then, I'm Gary Crenshaw, this is Better Than New, and I'm really glad you came along for the ride.